expectations. All right, everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, Friends and Low Expectations. Uh, you, you've come to love us, you've come to hate us, and you'll definitely respect us after this podcast. I, I'm I'm honored and humbled today to be with the the one and only Tyler Kiefer, uh, the man who can never seem to get his roster combination right. Uh, but still manages to talk more shit than anyone I know. So, uh, Tyler, it's a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to start this podcast, bring the fellows some high-quality content that'll definitely put the Weekly Cheese, uh, Joe's Weekly Awards, and Philly's column to shame. Um, and uh, that's just the, the whole the hard, cold truth. I don't know. I fucked that one up. But, um, yeah, you fucked that up big time. You know, yeah. Sam, it's great to be here. really is. Uh, well, thank you for the warm introduction. This is uh, Samuel Mowgli Friday, our fearless commissioner who's terrible at his job. And uh, we're, we're going to launch a mutiny against him pretty soon. I'm, but, I'm, uh, I'm, very, exci- I'm very excited by that, by the way. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for you to, to take my spot as commissioner in this league and get to deal with all the bullshit <laughs> Maybe it's, gonna we'll be great, though. it's gonna be great we're here to bring you primo low expectations content as as always lots of carl shit talking fuck you carl coral 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 <laughs> we need like a coral sound effect because i think that'll be really good i feel like there's probably a sound bite somewhere in Finding Nemo of somebody saying Coral. Coral! I just, whenever I think yeah, of Coral. Yeah, no, there definitely is, because uh, Marlon's Marlin's wife's name was Coral. So we could, we could get the soundbite of him screaming Coral when he wakes up. Coral! After the <laughs> barracuda knocks the shit out of him. <laughs> Oh, this would be perfect. This would be perfect. It'll just be coral. I'm put this down in the memory bank. All I think of is the, the the Walking Dead, and it's a meme of Carl the kid. It's coral. <laughs> oh man! Shout out Scott Lundgren for giving us coral. Yeah, he's our he's our favorite underwater friend. So we're gonna oh, great guy. Keep the, great guy. Keep the, the we're gonna keep the coral. coral keep the coral content coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool well I, we have we, our first segment that we're going to be doing is a, is a two-minute drill kind of going over this week's uh this week's matchups we want to kind of give some insight some uh some analysis and some some you know good shit talkery uh to some of these matchups that we saw and some some highlights so keith you want to get us started on this let's get oh, the clock yes, started absolutely so i'm going to set the timer we're going to try to keep this under two minutes <clears throat> make sure we score before halftime and uh, make sure you get Chris Berman's two-minute drill sound clip from ESPN Monday Night Football. When Adding that to my notes. Add the post-production. So I'm going to get us started in three, two, one. Starting us off, we had Chief Keefe and Ride the Bus. Uh, really a shame. We're going to talk a lot more about this later, but injuries derailed what really could have been a really competitive and exciting matchup. Uh, A.J. Brown, Sterling Shepard combined for just – 3.9 points before being injured. Uh, that being said, uh, Ride the Bus wins convincingly following a routine performance by Dak. Nothing special, but he didn't need anything special to get the win. Fuck you, Coral. Looking at the, the – I think this one is probably the easily the upset of the week. We had 
uh, rice to beat you, the Ray Rice namesake, he's normally known for domestic violence. He's actually defending Shark in the Water uh, for his first one of the season. And this is a bold move from, from Gino on this one. D-Hop was coming in, uh, banged up, and only ended up managing five points. Tanyan, who uh, is an alumni from my, my alma mater for my master's, only got two points, which is also uh, kind of expected and he hasn't been that hot this year and then his defense went negative too so looking at some of those defenses that that he drafted maybe maybe it's coming to bite him back in the butt but this week it uh it ultimately game gave him a win a story heading into this week is is Gino secretly a genius with his way too early Tucker draft pick 66 fucking yards he did a little fucking crow he did a little fucking crow hop a little crow hop there to get the extra power but uh <laughs> we're gonna see if it see if it pays off yeah, for sure. And uh, if the if Rice to beat you over Chark in the Water wasn't the upset of the week, then blood, sweat, beers. Fern, our main man Fern, getting the win over Philly and Dalvin and Hobbs. Not really an overly impressive performance, and we'll talk about that a little bit later as well, but certainly a massive letdown for Dalvin and Hobbs. Uh, I think just barely scratched 100, if at all. Um, firepower was certainly there, had the scoring on the bench, but, uh, you know, you got to you got to try to not be like me and get that roster tinkering right. And and speaking of firepower, we had a head cow with Joe. He got a, a really, really dominant win uh, this year over Team S.A. Ching on uh, perhaps a sign of the sleeping giant that we all expected head cow to be. Or it, maybe it's just a one-week wonder, and uh, next week he's going to come back down to earth and, you know, get outscored. But uh, he's definitely going to be a team that we're going to be keeping an eye on here at low expectations. Uh, Absolutely. And then finally to wrap us up, Gooch is loose. It's his first win of the board. Fuck you, Sam. Gooch is loose, knocking off bad mother Tucker. Didn't really need much going into Monday night to secure the win. I think he was only down by maybe five or six points, but uh, between Goddard and Cooper on Monday night certainly had what it needed. Um, yeah, it, it's, this one's going to sting. We're going to talk a lot about this one, but leaving Mike Williams on the bench, the man is on a tear and uh, was really a big contributor to your massive win a week ago. Um, but leaving 33 points on the bench, costing you the game, that's uh, that's a tough one. Dude, and I left that, all the fucking points on the bench. Oh, man. Just just a tough week, you know? Like I said, roster tinkering, usually it's the bane of my existence, so I'm glad to see other people's catching the roster, roster tinkering bug. But uh, <clears throat> with that, we wrapped up, Sam, 2 minutes 53 seconds, so... We certainly got to work on our timing. Got to make sure we get in field goal range at least to walk away with some points. We're going to be a little bit more precise with our we, – we get a little long-winded there, but uh, we're, we're going to work on that. I think that's a work in progress. I think we have some, some room for improvement. Uh, granted, we set our expectations low, so we probably should have set like three minutes, and if we hit the three, that would have been, you know. Oh, man. Weird minute. Well, and you know what's funny <clears throat> is Chris Berman switched the two-minute drill to three minutes because he almost never got it in under two minutes. Yeah. And so, you know, if, we, if Chris Berman is our, uh, is our icon here, we probably should have just gone with three minutes and we'd have hit our mark. But. Well, you live and you learn, and uh, maybe next week we'll call it the three-minute drill, and then everyone will be super impressed when we hit it at right under three. You know, um, this would have been a great performance, ending the half with seven seconds on the clock. But, you know, you know today is Wednesday, and uh, that, that's what, not only hump day, but it is also – uh, the waiver wire day, which is some people call it like Christmas on a weekly basis. If, if you win some sweepstakes and I, and I, I think, Wednesday, 
let's let's talk about the the big the big sweepstakes win for this week, and that was uh, Chuba Hubbard. I mean, I think there was four or five waiver. I think it was four waiver claims were put in for Chuba, and uh, I think. Do you, do you think that that Fern won the Chuba Hubbard sweepstakes? I mean, he seems to have some bad luck, but is Chuba the guy that's going to help him secure another win this week? Well, we were talking about this, and we're both in agreement that we're not exactly sure this is a long-term solution, but I think as far as a win goes, this is definitely a win. Um, you know, in my notes, I noted the Panthers have a really, really good offensive line, even when they're bad. They have a good offensive line. They pretty much always have, um, you know, going back to like Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams to, um, you know, the Cam Newton days. And they had some really good offensive lines there. And, you know, last year having Mike Davis stepping in in Christian McCaffrey's place, Mike Davis got himself a nice payday. And, you know, the note that I made was you can see now in Atlanta. Now, granted, Atlanta is not good. Atlanta is an objectively not good football team. Very bad. Mike Davis is not is clearly just not the guy, but he got himself a nice fat payday because of the Panthers offensive line and because of the production he had. And so, like I said, it's probably not a long term solution, but as long as Christian McCaffrey is shelved, this is an absolute win and Fern is going to be in good shape for at least the next week to potentially three, four weeks. So um, I think he's got himself a nice little pickup there. I can say I put in a waiver request for him. So Definitely. Do you, do you think Chuba is going to have the same or similar production to, to run CMC is I don't even remember watching him. I mean, I remember watching him in college, but does he provide the dual threat of being a pass catching back as well as a, like a, a great, uh, you know, down the field back? What I'll say is this, he's going to get the workload, right? He's going to have the opportunities. Um, and I think a big part of their game, especially with Sam Darnold, um, is just getting him easy throws, easy check downs, um, getting guys in space. And so I think he's going to get the looks. He flashed playmaking ability all over the place and um, pretty much any way he touched the football at Oklahoma State, whether it's returning kicks, catching passes, running, running the ball. So he's going to get the workload. We've seen that he has explosive ability. Um, so it's just a matter of what he does with the workload. He's going to be a 15 plus touch guy. Um, and if he's able to make the most of it, then this is, is going to be a great pickup for Fern. I think at least until Christian McCaffrey comes back, he's going to be a set and forget guy. Do we think that Royce Freeman is going to dig into any of his touches? Rolls Royce Freeman, Oregon alum, he was mildly successful in Denver. Um, he is the, the, the guy behind Chuba right now. Um, do you think he's going to be splitting any, any touches with, with Rolls Royce? I don't know. I don't know. He really didn't see a whole lot, um, you know, it, it, after Christian McCaffrey went down. And so it really looked like um, Chubbo was the, the clear cut second man. Um, so, you know, there's always potential and who knows, maybe Carolina wants to keep them both fresh um, at the risk of maybe losing one more and then being down to just one stud running back. Um, I'm not really even going to call them studs, but just one, you know, starter caliber running back. So who knows, maybe they try to keep him fresh at the risk of, you know, not wanting to get either one of them injured um, until Christian McCaffrey comes back. So potentially, but based on what I saw on Thursday night, it looks like it's Chubba's backfield as long as McCaffrey's out. Yeah, we'd love to hear him. And the next one, uh, you don't typically see a, 
something on here about kickers and the waiver wire, but uh, they're typically really good streaming options. But we have really we have like Daniel Carson down. I really liked this one. I put this note down. Um, I, this is a, a smart pickup by you, Sam. Bad Mother Tucker grabbing Daniel Carlson, dropping Young Hoku. Um, I think Ku is a fantastic kicker. He really is. Um, and if he were on any decently competent offense, he would be a set and forget kicker. You wouldn't have to worry about him. Um, but Atlanta is just so bad that, you know, you're really relying on him to maybe kick one extra point a game and maybe a field goal or two. You know, you're looking at four, five, six points if he doesn't miss anything. But I think Daniel Carlson is going to be is a surprisingly good pickup. I like Las Vegas' offense. They showed even without their bell cow, Josh Jacobs, that they can put up points. Um, I think they're going to be scoring a lot. I think um, Carlson's going to be seeing a lot, of, a lot of kicks here. So I think he's going to get his opportunities. Yeah. Uh, and I really like this pickup. I really did. I'll give you credit I think, for it. yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, he's got the leg strength. He's, you know, and I think that was the thing too. Ku is a stud. He was one of those like trick kickers back in the day. Um, and, and he obviously showed that he was a really, really good kicker last year. But Carlson has just been so consistent. And they're putting him yeah. in field goal range consistently. And he's averaging, I think, at least 10 points a game right now. And I think that was the big piece for me. Ku is averaging like four or five. And going in and getting Carlson is really I, – I don't think it's going to, like, elevate my team too much. But it could be the difference, you know. So, I, I'm, yeah, and the, I'm, the way honestly, I think I think what what stood out to it for me is you look at the division they're in. They've mm-hmm. got it's Las Vegas, it's um, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Broncos. And with the exception of the Broncos, there's not a lot of great defenses there. And so six of Carlton, uh, six of Carlson's seventeen games are going to be probably high scoring affairs, uh, where they're going to be back and forth games. They're probably going to be a shootout with Kansas City twice. They're probably going to be in a decent shootout. Um, with the Chargers twice. And like I said, really the Broncos are the only X factor. They've got a solid defense, definitely the best defense in the division. Um, so I, I think I think he's gonna get his looks. And I, I think I think the, the good thing about the Broncos having such a good defense is I think the, the, the Raiders can move the ball down the field. But what I'm hoping is they move it just enough in the field where they're putting Carlson in field goal range. And uh, I'm gonna win a game with like 20 points from Carlson because he's kicking like five field goals, you know. Well, so, I don't know if you're going to have Geno kind of luck. I don't know if we're going to see all that now, but I do like I do like the pickup. Awesome. Um, yeah. And speaking of liked pickups, the last note that you added here, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, Bills tight end Dawson Knox. You know, I I thought about this after Week One, despite a really bad performance by the Bills offense. I liked that Josh Allen was targeting Dawson Knox. I thought about picking him up myself, but I was like, eh. You know, I don't want to overreact after week one, but now you're saying this is, you know, potentially a, a pickup of the week. I, I do. I think Dawson Knox has been one of those guys we've been waiting to have a breakout year. And, uh, you know, kind of like Evan Ingram expectations, right? Has very, very high expectations, very, very talented player. I think they're both from Ole Miss, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, Dawson Knox, he's just not been able to, to get it done uh, every year. He's been He's been hurt. Um, he's, he's hasn't put up a great ton of production, um, year over year, uh, because of these injuries. And I think this could really be the year that he has a breakout year if he can stay healthy. Um, Josh Allen has been slinging the ball. We know he's a really, really talented quarterback. Um, and he's been really moving the ball. Well, um, 
Dawson isn't seeing uh, a ton of targets. Um, he's seeing, he saw four in his first game, three in his second game, five in his third game, but he's, he's had only one drop or one that he hasn't been able to catch so far. Um, and he's, he's averaging mild, mild yardage, but he's already at, I think for his yardage, he's almost basically at the same amount of yards. Uh, he's, he's on track to surpass his, his yards per game or yards total. And in the past two years, so in 2020 and 2019, he's had five touchdowns and this year he's already at two. So if we're looking at the trends, I think that he really, really could uh, have a breakout year. And I mean, he's averaging about 10 points a game right now, which is, which is pretty good. It puts him at six uh, overall for tight ends. And uh, we know that tight ends are a dime a dozen uh, in the past two years, at least. And so um, while I'm going to put him at like a tight end one, tight end two, but he definitely should be a lock for Gino to start. He's significantly an improvement over Johnny Smith, who really just hasn't been able to get going in that, that Patriots offense. So I, I have some, I, I think, I think Gino's going to get some good value out of him. And even if he just stores him on his bench and plays him as a backup, uh, he's definitely going to be a guy that you want to have on your bench. Um, so like I said, good, good, good on Gino and hopefully it plays off. Um, yeah. We have, go ahead. I was going to say, um, you know, off of that point to just store them on, uh, store them on your bench. There's something to be said of just making sure nobody else has them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, especially cause you pointed out, I mean, tight ends in, in a 10 man league, tight ends are premium, especially when, you know, there's really only two or three truly elite tight ends in the league. You know, it's, it's Kelsey and Waller and then a significant drop off between, you know, whoever you want to put in that third spot, put, third spot, maybe, maybe Mark Andrews, maybe TJ. Kittle. Maybe, maybe Kittle. You could put Kittle up there. Yeah, probably Kittle. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about Kittle. So probably Kittle at number three, but um, you know, I think he's really handcuffed by the 49ers offense. He's a great tight end. Um, but we you know we'll talk about this a little bit more, but the 49ers offense, it's a run first offense. So he's mm-hmm. kind of handcuffed by the fact that the 49ers want to run the ball. So Yes, they're definitely run yeah, first. So definitely, definitely third best tight end in the league, but still a pretty significant drop off between Waller and Kelsey, who are in pass happy offenses. And, you know, they're easily as good as the team's best receiver, yeah. um, you know, with respect to their respective offenses. So, yeah, and something to be said to just have them store them on the bench, make sure nobody else can get old. Speaking of the 49ers, one one uh, waiver wire addition you didn't love was Brandon Ayuk. Uh, talk to me about this. Uh, what 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 really wrestled your jimmies about this one? So I'll preface this by saying, you know, if when we're on our normal filming schedule, these are supposed to be predictions. You know, we're supposed to be predicting, you know, who who guys are going to go for on the waiver. Um, and you know, we talked about kind of identifying some guys on rosters that people might be ready to let go of. And so. You know, you saw in my notes, I put Daryl Mooney down. Um, Joe put him on the trade block after week one. And since then, there really hasn't been any improvement. Um, so it feels it feels good to be right about uh, Joe letting go of Daryl Mooney. But the big thing that I put here, and here's exactly what I put in my notes. I said, this feels like a lateral move from Mooney to me. Um, Mooney was off to a slow start. We, we kind of expected Joe to let him go. Joe maybe saw the writing on the wall right away and put him on the trade block, try to get some value before. Um, but the, the two big reasons I don't, I don't love the IU pickup and I think it's lateral, maybe a slight step up, but um, really in, in my opinion, just lateral. 
Um, number one, we've talked about it. The 49ers want to run the football. Um, and the 49ers have been, and this comes in spite of the fact that 49ers have been bit by the injury bug at running back. Trey Sermon has missed time. Eli Mitchell's missed time. Mostert's out for the year. And yet they still want to run the ball. That's just their identity as a team. They want to run the ball. When they do pass the ball, there's a very clear pecking order in their offense. And right now it is Debo Samuel and George Kittle at 1A, 1B. Um, and so really Ayuk is, you know, a third tier guy in their offense. He's, he's always going to come, you know, third tier in the receiving pecking order behind Kittle and Samuel. And he's always going to come third tier on their offense as a whole behind the running game. And then, you know, like I said, they're passing options being Samuel and Kittle. So I think I had read, move, but I hey, think, you know, I think I had read something. Uh, it was a quote or something about that from, from Shanahan talking about how you could even lost his spot as wide receiver two or something like that, that he was having to earn his spot back. So oh, I, I didn't even see that. I, I'm yeah, just, I'm just going based on what we've seen from the season so far. Yeah, I think um, that yeah, yeah, that's saw. true. Then, yeah, who knows? He might be in Shanahan's doghouse. And yeah, maybe that's why Garoppolo isn't looking his way as much, despite, you know, some pretty explosive plays last year. Um, he yeah. had a couple pop off games last year where we were like, oh, man, this guy can really be something special. And that was and that was with a, an injured Debo Samuel for most of the year too. And with Debo being healthy, you know, he's a monster. So yeah, I mean, he's uh, second in the league in receiving yards right now. So I'll take it. Well, I won't take yeah. it because I don't have him in this league, but uh, <laughs> someone will take it. That's for sure. And one one more piece that before we before we move on from the waiver wires, I, I put this in my notes for targets, but um, I'm I'm kind of glad. I, I guess I'm proud of. I, I I had low expectations, but I'm glad that people proved me wrong that. I do want to address the blunt in the room and talk about Josh Gordon. Uh, and I'm glad that no one that no one reached for him and decided to handcuff him for whatever ungodly reason that you would try to add him to your roster right now. So good round of applause to to the the boys, the fellas for for not uh, jumping on that because that I personally think that'd probably be the not a great decision there. Yeah, I mean, I I got to agree with you, and I voiced you know Joe put out in the chat you know is anybody gonna bite on Josh Gordon I'm like I like you know I just don't think he's worth it I mean you think think about this set aside the fact that Josh Gordon hasn't played a full season since 2013 so we're we're at almost we're at eight years now since he played a full year of football set aside that fact set aside the second fact that the man regardless of whether or not you think weed should be legal we should be allowed the man cannot stay away from the weed he knows he has to stay away from it in order to stay in the league, and he refuses. Set aside those two facts. Look at who he's played for in, in, in the short stints he's had in the league since 2014. He's played with the Patriots and Tom Brady, the fucking GOAT. Didn't find success there. Couldn't stay on the field, but also when he was on the field, didn't, couldn't find success with Tom fucking Brady. Then he went to the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, another top five, top seven quarterback, couldn't find success there when he could stay, when he was on the field. So you're talking about, and now he's going to be with Patrick Mahomes, and there's a very clear pecking order with the Chiefs offense, right? It's Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and then whoever else wants to make a play, usually McCole Hardman. Um, you know, they're going to use their running backs out of the backfield. Clyde Edwards, a layer, is probably going to outpace. Josh Gordon for targets. So I think, I think um, it's just not worth the risk until you see something from him. It's not worth yeah. the risk, not even to have him on your roster. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, so that, that kind of wraps up our conversation about um, the waiver wire because that's everyone's favorite thing to talk about. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about now about our, our rankings predictions, the power rankings. I don't think Cheese has released his, his power rankings for this week. So not um, as of yet, not as of yet, but you know, we the, saw the, the clock, the before. clock is, the clock is ticking. Cheese. <laughs> we're waiting. We're waiting. Dude. Get off the uh, fucking ass, bro. Quit selling no, cars. Get yeah, I was about to say, he's too, he's too busy slinging Nissan Titans and shit. He's a, uh, they're slinging whips. He should be slinging these rankings. He's got to flex all his bands. He's like, <clears> but enough about, enough about Austin and, uh, his whips but let, let's talk a little bit about the the ranking predictions i mean we saw the coaches pull come out uh we saw the 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 disrespect that mo put on my name by by putting me at seventh and everyone else put me at at five with fern putting me at four so i can see where my oh. loyalties lie um yeah i but, mean who knows hey listen it's, i mean it's gonna it's gonna be yeah, it's going to be a mix-up I mean, this Hey, year. listen, the voting process is meant to, you know, try to account for some of those biased guys here and there. You know, maybe yeah. Mo was just like, hey, I whooped this guy's ass. He's, you know, he's he's seventh-tier shit. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, overall, you know, the coaches poll had, you know, pretty pretty good idea. I think it gives you a pretty solid idea of what we're looking mm-hmm. at with the rankings. But, yeah, um, but yeah I mean, week two – not a lot of shifting, really just Carl moved up and it really appeared that the coaches, um, you know, my summary of my already summarized summary, um, you know, really just looked like the coaches kind of view this week is just a one-off, right? Mm-hmm. Every, you know, pretty basically four through, um, you know, basically everyone in the top five, except for Carl lost, even Carl didn't really have a great performance. Um, but by virtue of the fact that he got a win, he moves up to number one. Um, but really just a little bit of shifting within, you know, num- two through two through five. So it really looks like the coaches are just like, ah, this is probably just a bad week. I don't really see, you know, four of the top five teams losing again. So let's just kind of shift around based on, you know, what we saw and what the numbers tell us. So Yeah, it's we'll going to be interesting. What, we'll see what Cheese has to say for sure, but I'm interested to see if you have any takes other than uh, – other than some, you know, maybe, uh, maybe ill will with Mo here. Yeah. Some slander. I was going to say, I am, I honestly, I didn't, I looked at the, the league, the standings today and I did not realize, but I have the, the most points for in the league right now, which I, I, I was expecting Philly to be miles above me or, you know, um, so I, I was kind of, I was kind of surprised that, that I'm sitting there, but no, I'm, I think, I think it's a pretty good, uh, poll. Again, I, I mean, I'm always going to feel like I should be higher, but that that's just me. And I'm interested to see where, where Carl, what happens that's with Carl these next the, that's few That's why weeks. you're not on the committee, Chief. I know. I know. I'm all biased. I'm interested to see where Carl goes this week, though. I mean, he's got a, a relatively, well, I'm not going to call it an easy matchup because no matchup has, has been an easy matchup. But uh, if we're looking, if we're looking, you know, past these three weeks, Fern has a tough time hitting 100 points. Um, but Again, Carl has been getting lucky, and he has like the least amount of points against. So that should say account for something. Um, but I think we're gonna again. I think if last week was a switch up, this week we're really gonna start seeing some teams uh, pull ahead. We're also gonna see some teams fall behind. Um, I'm hoping that we can see some of our front runners, you know, start pulling away and start. I mean, it's gonna be different this year. We have six playoff spots. Which is which is significantly different than what we've done in the past two years. So it's going to be interesting, and 
like I said, I think we're this week will be the week where we start seeing teams uh, really start flexing. And um, well, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but uh, we're going to see what injuries impact and what they have under the coaches' pole too. Because you know, mm-hmm. any any time you lose a a stud player like Christian McCaffrey, or if not that Julio Jones has been super productive this year, uh, but him and AJ Brown going down, what what does that mean for Derrick Henry's production? Uh, and some of the rest of the the Titans, you know. So I think I think we are going to see some some big shifts in the, the the rankings this week. Last week was you know kind of a one off, like you said, but I really do think this week is going to be a tough one. No, I think I think you're right. And I, the point that I like that you made was like potential to see some teams really separate themselves, right? You've got uh, you know you've got myself and Austin squaring off, both of us two and one. One of us goes to three and one. Guaranteed, one of us goes to three and one. Um, you know, it's you've got, minutes, you know, you've got, uh, you've got Mo versus Fred right now. One of those teams is guaranteed to go to one and three, and that's going to be an uphill battle for the rest of the season. Um, you've got Joe, who's on a pretty big scoring tear against Philly. Um, you know, and if Joe can, you know, who knows? Maybe we have two teams coming out of that week at two and two. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, you're looking at. Uh, the potential for some some teams to really um, put themselves in a good position the rest of the season to either improve to you know three and one or some teams that really put themselves in a position for a, a significant struggle fall into one and three. So and we're not really seeing a whole ton of separation in between the the scoreline projections, right? Like the biggest the biggest the biggest scoreline difference right now is me and Gino with like barely under ten points. Everyone else is, is really, really close. I mean, looking at Joe and Philly, they're separated by four points right now. And I mean, you know, fantasy can go any way, you know I mean? Granted, we saw that happen this week with Philly and Anthony. Um, but like when we're seeing these close to projections, it makes for some really fun games and uh, some some really, uh, I don't know, get you really get your blood pressure going at the end of the week. And you have Amari Cooper and Dallas Goddard going against you. So um like I said, I, I think we have some really, really great matchups and it should be, I'm hoping that we, I'm continue to have some really close games because I, I just think it makes for a more fun league, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. With that, we want to jump into maybe predicting what next week is going to look like. So, you know, uh, Joe was really on top of getting his weekly awards out. So maybe take this as an opportunity to kind of see what next week's awards might look like purely based on the matchups we're seeing. And so, Starting with game of the week, is there is there any game that really intrigues you that you think has the potential to, to walk away with this one? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna differ with you on your notes, and I, I think I'm gonna say that you and Austin are probably gonna have a really really good matchup this week. Um, if as long as Lamar is healthy, him against Denver, that could be a tough play. Russell against San Francisco, another tough quarterback game. But so I I think the projections might be lower than we're expecting, but this is a game that I think. I think this is a one where we're both we're seeing two two and one teams. This could be the game where we're seeing some separation of what team is going to be going into the one of the top spots going into the finals, and where where is the team going to falter? Is this Christian McCaffrey injury really going to set Austin back, and is that going to give you the you know the the jolt that you need to win it? Um, so I, I like that one of these teams is going to go three and one. Um, it, it really could be anyone's game. Uh, like I said, I love the matchups that I'm seeing. You brought, did you play? I don't even know if you played James Robinson last week. 
And I didn't. I didn't. I left him on my bench. Set him on your bench. Yeah, I was gonna say he had an awful game, or he had a he had awful two weeks before that. Then he had a monster bounce back game. So I I think him against the Cincinnati defense will be fun. I'm hoping that he does well. AJ Brown, if he's not good to go, oof. Uh, that that's gonna. I mean, you do have some some guys on your bench that you could play. Uh, Sterling Shepard, if he's healthy, uh, I wouldn't trust Devonta Smith right now. Just because I don't trust the Eagles, um, which is painful oh, to say. Yes, painful. But like I said, <laughs> Spain this is going to be a, yes. This is going to be a match. This is going to be a matchup that's going to take one of y'all to three and one. And I, I think that's what separates the 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 uh, this from the other games for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I you know you point that out, and I certainly I can't disagree with it. Um, but the matchup that I wrote down was. Ted Cow and Dalvin and Hobbs, uh, Joe against Philly. Uh, I really like Joe's scoring. Um, you know, week one had himself uh, a pretty strong scoring outing that really would have gotten him a win uh, pretty much against anyone else in the league. I thought I thought he I mean, was, I thought he was, he, Joe was under 100 points in week one. Let, let it be known. Or maybe it was week two. Maybe it was week two. It was week two, two, it was week two against me where he scored the third highest in the league. But when you got, when you got, when I'm putting up 176 points with yeah right I mean when Derrick Henry gets you 47 like you're just you're that, probably and then I had I had 30 extra points on my bench I could have been over 200 you know I'm which in, is I'm crazy in another I'm in another league that's not PPR because he had like six catches or for yeah. 47 yards that week I'm in another league that's not PPR and he still got me 40 in that league mm-hmm. that, that's how that's how ridiculous that performance was but um, again I think. Um, going back to the scoring, I think Joe's improving on the scoring. I think maybe this past week was a bit of an outlier in scoring, um, a really big explosion um, where he got just big games for pretty much everybody. I think he had five or six guys that got him 16 or more points, including his defense and kicker, which just does not happen. Um, so maybe that's a bit of luck that probably comes back down to earth. Um, but the scoring potential is certainly there. And I think with Philly, uh, I think the matchup with Philly, again, like I said, you're, you're looking at, you know, there's a potential that, you know, this matchup ends and both guys are two and two. Um, Philly coming off a pretty low scoring uh, game, a, week, a very low scoring game a week ago, um, where he still had the firepower to win the game on the bench. But, um, you know, sometimes you just you let those jitters get to you with your roster tinkering. And, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook not being out there is pretty much a surefire 20 points no matter what. So I think I think this is going to be a really exciting one. I think it, I think it has the potential to be pretty high scoring if Dalvin Cook is back in the play. Um, and yeah, I think I think if Joe's uh, if Joe's magic, uh, you know, the clock doesn't strike midnight, then I think this could be a pretty high scoring affair where, um, you know, a, a top team falls to two and two and another, you know, top contender rises to two. All right. Speaking of top teams, let's let's talk about some top teams. Uh, who do, who do you have for team of the week this week? I'm I'm going I'm going with a, a bit of an off off meta argument here, and I'm going with the Gooch's loose. I'm going with Mo here. Um, I I just I really like what I've been seeing from Mo lately. He's had a couple pretty high scoring weeks. Um, you know, last week he certainly had certainly had enough to you know have one of the highest scoring weeks. Um, I like Matt Stafford's matchup against Arizona. I think that's going to be a high scoring affair. I think he's going to outdo his projections. Um, obviously, Aaron Jones, he's getting involved in the passing game. 
Um, and I think that's, I think he has the potential to outdo his projections. Um, Amari Cooper, obviously great. Um, DeAndre Swift, you know, against Chicago's defense, that could be a bit of a tough matchup, but uh, I think he's got the potential to run away with team of the week here. Um, so yeah, he, he's my pick for team of the week. A bit of a surprise pick, only projected at the moment for 130. Um, you know, when you look across the league, you've got Carl Which projected is, for 141. It's the lowest, it's the lowest point. It's the lowest point projection in the league right now. Just let it, let it throw that out there. That I mean, you, I had to go bold here. I had to go bold. I like wasn't going to take the low hanging fruit. Uh, you like your, you like your up takes. Here. Yeah, as I say, I, I'm interested. I, I'm not going to toot my own horn. I, I, I'm interested to see what happens with Derrick Henry this week with going against the the Jets, who are the, the god off with like the worst team. And I don't even know how they exist in the football game right now. Uh, yeah, I, mean, but, I, won't, I won't discredit your potential here to really just uh, run it up. I mean, you've got Josh Allen against a really, really bad Houston team. You've got Derrick Henry against an awful Jets team and couple that with the fact that both Julio and A.J. Brown could miss this week, which means you're going to get a heavy dose of Henry. Um, you're finally starting Mike Williams. Um, he's on an absolute tear going up against Las Vegas. I mentioned I think those matchups are going to be high scoring. Um, you know, really, when I look at your roster, Calvin Ridley's the only guy I don't like. and Even he is the clear number one in Atlanta's offense, even though they're he's still and he's still getting production. So, I mean, like yeah, I said, so. I, I, not like, like I said, I'm not going to pick myself just because that's not who I am. Uh, I think I, I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go with with uh, Dalvin and Hobbs. I'm going with Philly. Um, I really like I like Philly's team this week. I like his I don't know. It's going to go it's going to go, it, you know, Philly is hot and uh, not hot. Well, I mean, we saw that he can put up points. We know that he can put up points. You got Kyler Murray against the Rams. That's a shootout. And Murray, he's averaging, he's just out of this world this year. He's he's an MVP front runner easily. Um, so he's going to put up some points. I don't love the running back situation right this week without Dalvin Cook. Uh, Leonard Fournette is just a hard one for me to to. You know the the running game in 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 Tampa Bay just really hasn't been there this year. Um, Rojo hasn't gotten production. Leonard Fournette really hasn't gotten to great production. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. That's like one I'm not sure about. Quads, Saquon Barkley, uh, he had a great week last week, but two really really poor weeks before that, and they're playing a tough New Orleans defense. So that you know I don't love that. Tyreek Hill he's probably going to scorch the shit out of the, Darius Slay this week. So get ready for that. I uh, can't wait to suffer through that. No, that also great. had to hurt too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jamar Chase. I'm expecting a big performance from him against Jacksonville. I think, I, I think, I think the stat I saw this week is that he's the first, first player to have uh, a receiving touchdown for over 30 yards in each of his first three games. So that's like a new NFL record. That's kind of cool. I don't know. I'm glad he got over the yips, but like he's been, he's been putting up monster numbers and especially with T Higgins out, his production is still going to be very high. Hawk had a bad week last week. Um, but I mean, he's still averaging 20 points, you know, easily. And uh, they're, they're playing a pretty, a pretty shitty Chicago team. So um, if, if the Lions, for whatever reason, can stop uh, the, the pass rush of the Bears, uh, TJ Hawk should see some really, really good production. Uh, C.D. Lamb is not having a sophomore slump. I mean, he didn't have necessarily a great uh, rookie campaign, but he's definitely putting up the numbers and Dak is looking his way, which is what we want to see. 
I don't really give a shit about Jason Sanders. Um, so nothing to really talk about there. And then picking up that for whatever reason, we didn't, no one decided to fucking add Tennessee on the waiver wire this week against the Jets. Like, granted, I'm very comfortable with the Buffalo Bills, but like, I would have, I'm just kind of shocked that they were available. So good on Philly for picking them up. I think that this leaves him like very, very high ceiling this week. I think uh, 136 points is very modest. Um, and I think that he could definitely outscore that number, especially if uh, Dalvin Cook plays. Granted, it's against Cleveland and they have a pretty tough run defense. Um, but like I said, uh, I think, I think Philly is probably my guy to, to be the team of the week this week. Yeah, hard to disagree with that. And uh, I think uh, I think in, in a PPR league, and I think Geno's clearly tier one when it comes to best receiver group, um, but tier two, number two, uh, as far as best receiver group, it, you've probably got to look Philly's way early in the season. Tyreek Hill, uh, Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, um, you know, young coach, guys. Tyler Lockett. So, and and coupled with the fact that they got very favorable matchups, Tyreek Hill against Philly, that's, that's probably going to eat. Uh, Jamar Chase against Jacksonville, he's probably going to eat. C.D. Lamb against Carolina, I mean, you know, so yeah, you got a point. Yeah. So, like I said, we'll see what happens. And, and speaking of wide receivers, that's that's who you have down for the Player of the Week this week. My, talk, that's talk, that's my projection. Talk to me more. I, talk to me more. Uh, I uh, listen. I really like Mike Williams. If I thought you'd give him up, I might dangle some trade bait in your face, but I don't think you'll give him up. Um, but I picked Mike Williams for my potential player of the week, um, even considering Derrick Henry's very favorable matchup against the Jets. Um, really like Mike Williams. He's had 22 points or more each of the last um, every week this season, including 33 points last week. Um, I mentioned, I think, um, I think pretty much every game in the AFC West is going to be high scoring. Um, so you're looking at Las Vegas versus the Chargers on Monday night. I think both teams are going to put on a show. And I think Justin Herbert and Mike Williams are just going to have that connection that just keeps going. Would not be at all surprised if we see another 30 plus performance from Mike Williams. Um, and that might be enough to win player of the week. Um, some other guys I considered as well. Um, obviously, You've got Patrick Mahomes in there, who's always a threat to, to pop off, especially against Philly. Um, I think he could pick them apart. I mentioned Derrick Henry. Um, I, I think I, I think there's some other guys in there, but I just I, I'm going to ride the hot hand here with Mike Williams and go with him. That's going to be my hot take for the week. I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go a little uh, out of left field. Um, I think I'm going to pick Travis Kelsey this week. Um, I think. He's, he's already projected for 20 points, which I think is like, I mean, that's, you know, that's very high uh, for even for a tight end. Of course, though. I think he's pretty much yeah. gotten 20 points every week. I, I just don't love the Eagles linebacking core of the middle, and I think he's just probably going to feast. Um, he might not he might not get a ton. He might not get a score tighter this week, but he's definitely going to have probably in the, I don't know, eight to ten receptions for probably close to 100 yards. Um, I could see him getting a touchdown. Uh, but I, th I think Travis Kelsey's probably going to have a monster week this week. And again, as much as that pains me to say. No one would like to see Travis Kelsey have a monster week more than me this week. So, hey, that's so, like I would love right. to see. I would love to see Mike Williams ball out again. So, as long as Herbie keeps keeps going his way, I'm I'm hoping I've had some I've had some bad luck tinkering. So, so that leads us into upset of the week. 
And this is, this is a tough one because, I mean, the matchups seem pretty much even across the board. I mean, there's one really obvious pick. Um, but, but yeah, I, I would love to hear your upset pick of the week. My upset pick of the week. Um, so the way, I mean, I think the easy one for me, uh, well, let's, let's look. Shit. I, I don't know. I think I'm going to agree with you on this one, honestly. Uh, actually, you know what? I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Gucci's loose. I think, I mean, if we're looking based off of sheer projections right now, uh, Moe's projected for 130 points, Fred for 136. You highlighted a lot of the really positive things that that Mo has going on for him this week, and I I could easily see that being a, an upset this week. Um, I don't love uh, Fred has some some really talented players, but uh, it could go either way, and I don't love Allen Robinson there. And I think yeah, Mo has the especially with DeAndre Swift getting uh, allegedly getting more production um, and more touches of the ball. Um, I think you could have a good week. The only, the only, I don't know, Jalen Waddle. Eh, I, 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 I think Mo will pull it off. I think it'll be a tight one, but I think, I think Mo will pull it off. I, I put down an absolute scorcher of a take. Um, my, oh my, my, my upset of the week: blood, sweat, and beers. Our main man Fern over oh, uh, ride the bus. Coral. Um, oh. here, listen, here, here, here's the exact note that I wrote. Very last line. Um, coral, <laughs> coral, <laughs> coral could explode for 150 plus this week, or he could fizzle out for less than 110. Here, here's why I say that. Here's why I say that. Carl is projected 141. Um, what is that? That's the second highest projection of the week. Here, here's what I'm thinking here. Carolina has a surprisingly good defense. I think Dak. Um, might not have a fantastic game. Um, Kamara against the Giants, that's a favorable matchup. He's probably going to get 25. Najee versus Green Bay. Green Bay doesn't have a stellar offense or stellar defense. You know, as long as, as, long as Ben Ben is just halfway decent, um, he should get, you know, he should be fine. Um, DJ Moore against Dallas. I mean, that, that could be, that it could go either way. Um, Mike Evans. It, New England has one of the best defenses to opposing fantasy wide receivers, despite New England not being that great. Um, the other thing I really don't like, he's starting Corey Davis. Carl, I've been talking shit to Coral all year long about Corey Davis, telling him he's probably going to end up dropping Corey Davis. I've, I've picked up Corey Davis many times throughout my fantasy career in many different leagues. I've been let down every time. He had a big week, week one. Um, and since then, he's turned in duds. And now Carl's in a position where he's got to start Corey Davis because he doesn't really have any depth at running back. And his third best receiver, Deontay Johnson, is might might end up missing the game. So I think he's got the potential to pop or I think he's got the potential to die out pretty hard because some of his players have less than favorable matchups. Um, couple that with Fern making some moves here. Again, we talked about uh, we talked about Chuba Hubbard. Um, early on in the in the show here um, and then he just completed the trade for Jamal Williams um, I like that move um, that takes uh, that that takes Jacoby Myers off of his roster but it adds a pretty decent scoring punch with Jamal Williams even though he's a clear um, second tier to um, 
cleared second tier to DeAndre Swift, but I, I think I think he's got the right people in place to potentially pop. Um, he's got to do some roster adjustments, um, but Christian Kirk sitting there on the bench, um, who's been playing very well. Um, Trey Sermon, who's probably going to end up being the lead man for the 49ers. Um, those two, those are two guys who might find his way into his starting lineup and have pretty solid matchups this week. So I'm, I'm going to go with that as my upset pick. But like I said, I also would not be at all surprised if Carl just popped off and absolutely took Fern to the woodshed. So as we get into the transaction week, I'm, I'm going to give you a, an asterisk on this one just because uh, I, the one that you picked, the trade won't process until Saturday. So uh, it, it, Eugenio won't have Joe Mixon in the mix for against me because oh, they, they, thurs- they play Thursday. Oh, they do play Thursday night. And it's a two. It's a two win. It's a two day. It's a two day. Uh, uh, two day uh, transaction, whatever processing. Hmm. Well, I, 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 I yeah, that's my that's an oversight on my part for not seeing the Thursday night matchup. But I still think I still think this could end up um, at long term. I think this could end up being a great transaction for Gino. Um, Joe Mixon. I think he's second or third in the NFL right now in rushing yards. I think it's second behind Derrick Henry. Um, Gino desperately needs some running back help. Um, I, I think this is a fairly even trade Debo for Joe Mixon. Uh, but I still think Gino probably won. I think Mo probably could have finessed, um, another player out of it or, you know, sweeten the deal a little bit. Um, Carl and I were talking about this one. Um, if I were, if I were Mo and I had Joe Mixon, I might've aimed a little bit higher. I might've started by asking for maybe Hopkins or Keenan Allen and then get worked down. But I, you know, Joe Mixon's, Joe Mixon's a valuable fantasy target. And um, I'm, I might've started by asking for, and I don't know what discussions look like. I might've started by asking for a little bit more. Who knows? Maybe Mo said, Hey, I want Keenan Allen. Maybe I want DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but I, I think it's a fairly even trade, but I think, Gino won the trade, and I think this is probably going to end up being a great transaction for Gino when who desperately needs running backs. Yeah, I think mine is easy. Uh, I think it's going to be Chubba Hubbard. I think I think I'm I'm thinking that's going to be the guy that that if you if if he does if Anthony does upset Carl Coral, um, then I think I think we're going to be able to attest it to to Chubba. So. Uh, I'm gonna keep that yeah, straight. I think I think if I could go back, if I could go back and, and tell myself that the Thursday night game is, is a Bengals matchup, I probably would have picked Chubb on myself. So speaking uh, speaking of trades, I want to talk about Oof of the Week. Is, would would you consider the Oof of the Week someone actually doing a trade with Joe? Is that is that is is that an Oof of the Week to to Fern? Like it's it's got it's got it's certainly got to be up there. I mean, I put I put my Oof to Mo. Um, I thought he sold a little low on Joe Mixon, um, you know, so I, I put that as my boo for the week, but yeah, I mean, doing a deal with Joe and uh, honestly, I'm going to put this out there. Oof of the week could go to low expectations for not vetoing the trade. Yeah. So honestly, big letdown. Joe makes his first deal of the season and surprisingly low turnout for the boys to not reject Joe's trade. Honestly. And surprisingly, week, this, low might be, expectations. this might be the most like, Fair trade Joe has ever completed, though. To be completely yeah. oh, honest, no, no. no, for sure, for sure. He's not he's not trade raping anyone here. It it is. I mean, Jamal Williams for Jacoby Myers, that that is just a straight up. But the oof goes to us for allowing it to happen. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. The boys, the fellas really, the fellas really let each other down. And honestly, I blame myself. I think I'm pretty sure I was the first person to vote and I voted to approve. Yeah. We all remember big goof. It is literally in our bylaws that we have to veto Joe's trades. So we need to do better. You know, I want I guess I guess I guess it just felt bad for Joe. I don't know why. Fuck you, Joe. But I guess it just felt bad for him. What's uh out of out of we're coming out of the uh, our awards predictions we have we have one or two hot takes they're they're pretty mild um and all things considered but i think that we've tied on it a few times but injuries are really the injury bug has been crazy this first three weeks am i right yeah yeah so i mean this segment we call it hot takes and quick hits you know this week is definitely more of a quick hit than a hot take but for sure injuries i mean just running rampant across the league on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I know you don't direct, we don't have defensive players on our rosters, but I mean, the Bucks secondary decimated by injuries, um, you know, receivers, my, myself, AJ Brown and Sterling Shepard losing those guys, uh, Austin having Christian McCaffrey go down again. I mean, shades of last year, um, the 49ers R. running back, Baltimore Ravens running backs, um, yeah, just injuries all over the place, really shaping the league. Um, you know, the note that I put in here is you don't ever really want to see injuries. Um, you know, you know, you never want to see anyone get hurt. You don't want to see injuries. Um, but really you just, you hate how they shape matchups, right? You just hate how they shape, um, you know, what could be great matchups in real life and in fantasy last week, I really believe, um, you know, Carl and I could have had a, a really strong matchup, if not for injuries. Um, but you know, um, shaping shaping the shaping games in real life as well. So, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's our quick hit for this week. Um, not really any hot takes, of course, but yeah, the injury bug has got to be the quick hit. And these injury bugs, I mean, you, we saw what happened last year, and it's, it really can make a dramatic impact on a team. It could take you from being a contender to to spending a, a day at Waffle House. So, uh, uh, and that's yeah. an excellent segue for this brilliant, brilliant segment that you came up with. Um, the inaugural Low Expectations Waffle Watch um, for the fellows watching at home. This is our weekly, ju just like Cheese puts out the weekly power rankings um, to tell us who the best teams are. The Waffle Watch is here to tell you who the worst teams are. Um, who are the teams who are in danger of perhaps having to make um, that long trip to Waffle House and uh, and just have to stuff their faces? So um, who do you have for our inaugural uh, Waffle Watch? I think, I mean, I, I think this is like a, I'm not saying you're, you're throwing me a softball on this one, but I, 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 I've, we have our, we have our favorite houseplant fern. Um, and uh, I, I'm going to affectionately re rename him for this segment alone, Waffle House Walker, uh, purely because his, his performance, I mean, the dude can't catch a break. Like, you know, I mean, in, like he's had so many injuries back and forth and uh, I mean, now losing James White for the season too. So like, man's can't catch a break. He, he got lucky again, we'll call it, got lucky against Philly. Philly talked trash, Karma came in, got him but he had so many points sitting on his bench that like you tinker just a little bit, Philly wins no problem. So it, it's probably a gift that he's sitting at 
one and two right now. Um, so like I said, Waffle House Walker, uh, he's the one that I'm thinking that right now, if, if, if I'm, if I'm dropping money on a, on a gamble, he's the one I'm gambling to finish last. And, and I don't think that's by any of his doing, but you know, that's the way the, the, that's the way the cards fall sometimes, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it is really difficult to pick against Fern. Um, as much as I love uh, talking shit about Fern, as much as the next guy, it really just doesn't bring me much joy to, to peg him as, you know, our, 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 our potential last place finisher, but yeah, he's I mean, just he's such a nice really, guy. He's just such a nice guy. It's hard to root against him. You know, he's yeah, kind of like, Ted. Know, he's like, he's like Ted Lasso. He, just, he can't catch a break. He really can't. I mean, honestly, Fern's luck is Chuba Hubbard will get hurt. You know, he'll have the, he'll have the, what could be the pickup of the week. And then he gets hurt and Royce, Royce Freeman explodes. That, one, that, that'd be fun. One, sna- one snap, one snap, he gets a list Frank. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, I mean, the notes that I put in here, I'm just going to go ahead and read my notes real quick. Um, sure. You know, Fern at one and two is probably a bit of a blessing. 114 points to beat Philly. That's that's nothing. Um, you know, 114 points really aren't going to get you wins in this league. Um, you know, I scored 114 last week or 115 and lost by 16. So, you know, um, I, we touched on Joe a little bit last week, a bit of an outlier scoring performance. I mean, again, your, your defense and your kicker don't get you 15 plus points very often. Um, you know, an out, a, a bit of an outlier performance. He could just as easily be um, 0-3 right now as he is 1-2. and two. Um, A matchup against Philly this week could, um, you know, a matchup against Philly this week could see him fall to 1-3 and three despite having, you know, on paper a pretty talented team. Uh, and then the last two that I brought in here, a um, little bit of self-deprecation here, but also just going off of the injury bug. Uh, myself and Chark in the water. Um you know, the, the loser this week is going to fall to two and two. But last week, both of us lost because of pretty significant injuries to um, strong performers. And it just goes to show you the fragility of injuries. And if the injury um, bug keeps biting across the league, you know, hopefully it doesn't bite either one of our rosters. But, um, you know, overall, we should be in pretty good shape. I don't think either one of us are at risk of being below 500. Um, but, you know, again, with the injury bug, um, you know, myself and Chark in the water, we were both examples of the fragility of injuries around here. Absolutely. I would say it's, uh, it's going to be we're only three weeks in, but it feels like, like now, I mean, obviously now is the time to win, right? Like you don't want to be one and three. You don't want to be, I don't think we have anyone. No one has a lot. No one is, no one is yet to win. So you don't want to be one and three after this week. That's, that's going to be the, the key yeah. here, right? Yeah. You've got, a, um, you've got an uphill battle. Even even with an expanded playoff to six teams um, at one and three after four weeks in the season, significant uphill battle. So you don't. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I think I think I started one and three last year, um, but again, you know, sometimes you, I think I was also like had the most points against last year, and I mean, I made the finals. But it goes to show that anything can happen. But again. You, you don't want to be one and three. And like I said, I, I think Fern has a very, very good chance of going to one and three this week. Um, even though I know you, I think you picked him for the upset of the week. So like I said, let, I mean, let's see how the, let's see how the cookie crumbles, but, um, or the Fern wilts. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, 
we have a we have a fun segment where we're kind of coming to the end of our show um and we want to do some some weekly superlatives uh just to talk a little bit of shit and because uh, that's kind of what we do best i think um talk to me about this uh this warriors reference that you have here first oh man yeah so my first weekly superlative goes out to our main man philster uh philadelphia philly most likely to blow a 3-1 trash talking lead. I mean, <laughs> my man came into the chat with, you know, some pretty some pretty solid chirps. I mean, really just uh, really putting them in the dust. And at the time, at the time he dropped the comment, it looked like Philly was well on his way to getting a, a cheeky win here. Um, but yeah, to, to, to drop that comment and then I, I just want, I just need to confirm this because I thought he was right at a hundred or maybe just underneath. He was under, I think yeah, he scored 99 or something like 90 that. 90 points to, to talk that kind of shit. Um, you know, and then 90 points, not even hit a hundred big oof, big oof, Philly blue blowing a three, one lead. I mean, you need to go cry to Carl in the parking lot, try to get him to join your club. What's crazy was he was projected for 145 points this week too. Yeah, yeah. And then and, your team and, just and, takes and that massive of a. He had he had the scoring on the bench this past week, right? He had the scoring. You've got you know 18 points in James Conner sitting on the bench when you start uh, Leonard Fournette who gets you six. You've got 20 points from Brandon Cook on the bench and you start you know, uh, you, you start Tyler Lockett, who gets you seven, and C.D. Lamb and, Ty, and Tyreek Hill, who both get you nine apiece. You know, you've got 22 and a half from Jamar Chase. And like I mentioned, you've got two receivers who get you less than 10. So he it had just hurts to look at. Yeah, it just hurts to scoring, look at. But it, it, yeah, you just, you hate to see it. Um, reporting live from these scenes, you just hate to see it. Philly hasn't gotten off the phone yet with Carl. Um, Carl, you know, might be a pick to join Philly's roster um, and form a super team, but uh, these are just mad tough scenes out here. Most likely to blow a 3-1 lead, Phil. Uh, this, this next one has to do with, with me adding a nickname to a, a player. Uh, this week, you want to you wanna shame me for a little bit? Oh, this, this, one, this one is definitely tough. This, this one, you know, to see – to see a, a high-scoring team like yourself and then to just to look back and to, to see the season that Mike Williams is having. I, I pointed out he's my pick for player of the week this week. I think he's going to have another pop-off game, potentially 30-plus. Let me just run this down for you. Week one, 12 targets, eight receptions, 82 yards, a touchdown, 22 points. Week two, 10 targets, seven receptions, 91 yards, a touchdown, 22 points. Week three, nine targets, seven catches, 122 yards, two touchdowns, 33 points left on the bench. The only week you started him was week two. It's time for Sam to just nut up and realize Mike Williams is a certified fantasy stud right now, most likely to never learn that Mike Williams is a legit fantasy threat. Samuel Mobley, fuck you, Kamish Friday. That's why I made his nickname. Don't be an idiot, Sam, and start with Mike Williams every week. And this was before I even saw that superlative, so it, it kind of worked yeah. out nicely. I mean, this is a tough one. Like I said, I'd offer you a trade if I thought you'd bite on it, but you know, it looks no. like you finally, you finally my, wised up and learned your lesson. My dumbass thought that you might, of course, Hollywood Brown is gonna 
torch the fucking lines, but he just he got his bricks for hands. He hadn't he couldn't as, catch a damn as, ball as in the a, end zone. As a, as a guy who who owned Marquise Hollywood Brown last year, um, uh, you just you hate to see it. You hate to see the scenes it. were tough, man. The scenes were tough. All right, I'm I'm gonna get us to the next one. This was like this is one of Joe's favorite things to talk about, uh, and I think you're probably a victim of it as well. Um, but Joe Joe talks about roster tinkering, um, or or he talks about when he's pooping, stinker tinker, uh, when he's sitting on the toilet tinkering with his with his fantasy roster. And I I think you're probably not in that situation, but uh, I know you are a, a, a I can't even think of the freaking word. You're like a, a tinkering addict, man. You, you've got the wrong combination every every almost every week. You got to win, but uh, you can. I feel like I'm right there with you. But never starting the right combination of players. Uh, it's just one of those those tough scenes because when you have all those points sitting on your bench. I mean, again, you tough tough loss last week. Um, but that's what happens when you tinker, man. Yeah, yeah. You end up killing yourself. You hurt yourself in the process. And I mean, when you have, for some ungodly reason, Melvin Gordon has a good game, and you, uh, you could be starting him over Mike Davis. Uh, you know, Sterling Shepard goes down. That's hard to predict, but you know he only gets you three three points there. James Robinson cooling on your bench with a twenty five. You trade for Daryl Henderson. He has a monster game uh, the week before, and then hurt so he's unavailable as well great trade um so you just leaving points on your bench and like i said i i don't know did did uh let me see i don't know if they shamed you or not this week uh sleeper has a they have a tough time of like shaming people i i get shamed weekly so that's sleeper goes in on sleeper goes in they they have a nice they have a nice they have a nice update this week Uh, they updated the format for the awards which i kind of like at least on the app, don't love the. I, st- I still don't love the fucking web app, but um, I guess I can't. Beggars can't be choosers. Um, but yeah, dude, gotta gotta stop tinkering. Just gotta trust the trust the old gut. Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, last year tinkering cost me. You know, I, I think I went seven and six. I made the playoffs, but I think I think pretty sure tinkering cost me at least two or three games. And. Specifically, I just couldn't get it right with Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson. I had two great quarterbacks last year. Deshaun Watson, I think, hit, led the league in passing, hit close to 5,000 yards, if not over. But it just went back and forth between the two where, like, one would have a great week and he'd be sitting on my bench and I would start the other and they would have a less than stellar week. So I'd flip-flop the next week and then it would be vice versa. So, yeah, uh, roster, roster tinkering gets me every time. And this week, you know, injuries and uh, injuries and the roster tinkering cost me uh, cost me a dub against the number one team in the number one team in the land. I think that's that's been my problem too. It's it's interesting. So I, I like looking at. I was talking about the award. I just pulled it up on my phone. But they they talk about like how many max points you could get in a, in week in week out. And like this week for you, out of your your max one hundred and forty six. 0.08 you only got 114.58 so only you only had 78 percent of your, your your available points when you're looking at a guy like joe you know perfect roster this week basically 95 percent of his points were, were on his roster and not on his bench and i can look at myself i i think i had the no joe i actually was Philly. i had the second lowest but with like 73 and a half points or 73 crap 
half percent. I was projected for 175 points if I had played the optimal lineup and just shot myself in the foot. So yeah. I, I'm sitting right there with you. Tough, tough superlative, toughest, the toughest of scenes. But uh, you know, that's where we are. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really liked this idea. Our closing segment, um, something completely non-football, fantasy football related. You brought this up. I thought it was a really good idea. Um, the potential to launch uh, the Three Amigos podcast, you, me, and, and Philly, but completely random topic that um, has nothing to do with fantasy football. I wrote down uh, three things. I'll let you pick which one you want us to talk about this week. Um, next week, you pick three, and I'll pick the topic, but... Um, Go ahead. Pick the topic. Don't read them out loud. Just pick the one you want us to cover, and we'll dive right in. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this a a, a slight like uh, not a cameo, but a slight callback to to some of our earlier adventures that we've done, and and talk about what are we listening to this week. We we used to do a, a weekly weekly session with the boys, and we had a pretty banging playlist put together. And DJ you know, I still listen to that playlist. That that playlist yeah, the, the, because it the, fucking the slaps. Because the, it the fucking boys slaps. put together a pretty good playlist. We could compete with any of it. We can compete with the best of Spotify DJs. You know. Oh, first, oh, your your our our combined playlist is pretty fucking elite. Pretty fucking elite for maybe, sure. Maybe maybe we plug Spotify. If you didn't know, you you can you can make a joint playlist with a friend so Kiefer and I have a joint playlist together and it just it it only produces bangers I don't understand it it, it doesn't make sense to me but um so that that's what we're going to talk about this week we're going to talk about music we're going to talk about what are we listening to this week I'm, I'm uh, pulling up I'm pulling up my Spotify I'm gonna I'm gonna look at what I've been how do we how do we want to do this one song two songs what what are you thinking uh one out al- an album I don't know get crazy with it yeah, it, it's, it's not going to really make any difference for me. Um, there's two songs, but they're both the, it's the same two guys on both songs. So um, for me, if you guys are not familiar with Baby Keem, um, young up-and-coming rapper out of Las Vegas, um, he is a protege of Kendrick Lamar. Um, Kendrick Lamar announced that with his next album, he's splitting from Top Dog Entertainment and starting his own. Um, label and media company called PG Lang. Check, uh, check and one of his first artists is going to be Baby Keem. Um, he just released um, an album and there are two songs on the album with um, there are two songs on the album Baby Keem and Kendrick Lamar. Um, the first one is just an incredible song called Family Ties. Um, really, really great song. It's, it's almost like three songs in one. Um, it's like three distinctly different sounds every time you get two verses from, um, baby Keem effectively. There's no real chorus, but you get two verses from baby Keem and then you just get an absolute barn burner of a verse from Kendrick Lamar. Now keep in mind, Kendrick Lamar has been pretty much off the grid since damn, which is what 2017. So that's been a while. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we're going on, we're going on four years without a Kendrick Lamar album and I think, I think it's been like at least two or three years without a significant Kendrick Lamar verse. So his verse on Family Ties is incredible. Um, I would highly recommend you all give it a listen. Baby Keem, Kendrick Lamar, Family Ties, the other song I'm listening to, it's from the same album. 
Baby Keem, Kendrick Lamar, Range Brothers, um, as in Range Rover, um, Range Rover Brothers. Really good song as well. Um, really unique sound. It's not, it's not like a, it's not like a real mainstream sound, but um, Baby Keem is pretty good on it. And of course, Kendrick Lamar, if you know the, um, the Top of the Moanin reference from TikTok and Twitter, Top of the Moanin, Top of the Moanin, that's Kendrick Lamar on Range Brothers. Um, really, really, really good songs. So those are the two I've been listening to, the Baby Keem album, but those two specifically. All right, I've got, I've got two, a little bit different. Uh, the first one is Theory of a Dead Man. That's the artist. And the song is RX or Medicaid. And it's crazy because this song came out, I want to say in 2017, but it's only just now started blowing up. And it's just a really, really good song. You might have heard a few of Theory of, De uh, Theory of a Dead Man. The one that I knew from them was All or Nothing, a uh, very popular song, but RX and Medicaid. And then the other one, I went to a concert I guess a few weeks, uh, September, um, I went to a Quinn 92 concert, but one of the openers, the guy's name is Ty Verdes. And you probably know him, he sings A-OK. -okay. Um, so you might've come across it on your Spotify, but his album TV is just, it's really good to listen to. It's upbeat. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like, it's still rap, but it's got some like acoustic sounds to it. So it's, it's really good. It's, uh, it's one I've been playing on repeat recently and it's just, I don't know. It's been some, it's just some positive vibes and he's talked about a lot of different things. And so, um, like I said, it's a, it's a great album. Like I said, it's his first studio album. So I, I another one of those, uh, these guys that could be on the, the rookie of the year, um, from whatever that, I forgot what the magazine is, but not that anyone really cares about that anymore. But yeah, if you, if you need two, two, two things to, to check out theory of dead man, Medicaid, RX and, uh, TV by Ty Verdes. So those are my, those are my two. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Added them to the list. I'm going to be checking them out. Um, I hope uh, you and the fellows will check out Baby Keem and Kendrick Lamar. So. All right. Well, that, I mean, I think we're, we're probably far over our expected 30 minute um, time block. So I hope, I hope, I hope you're still listening. Hope you're still tuned in. If not, uh, we will go fuck ourselves and uh, we can, we can, try better next week hey it's uh, it's a learning experience we were about a minute over on the two minute drill we're about I don't know, probably 20 minutes or so over on our time estimate not a big deal we're delivering good content we're working hard for the fellas here so uh closing remarks fuck you coral you know there's one one thing i really don't like and that that's fucking the great barrier reef and coral <laughs> No, I don't. I never really hit that. Uh, it took you a while to get there, but that was uh, that was solid. Was or the worst fucking character in Walking Dead, Carl. Yeah, we know he was based on fucking Carl Hanna. Just kidding. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, Carl, we, love you. we really do, yeah. Carl. We love you. Life wouldn't be the same without you, buddy. Thanks. Thanks for making this league fun. Even though I think you should get a new team name after this. I don't know. You've been riding the bus for like three years in a row, man. Yeah, I think it's time to switch it up. Everyone else is changing names. And uh, I mean, who knows? Hey, I mean, the man won a league title with Ride the Bus. So, you know, maybe even, he's going to ride the bus Gino when the wheels fall off. Gino switched from Team Simeone finally. It took him two years, but he finally did it. He only he went to the domestic violence route. So, we, you know, we, we, anything we is love, possible. We love to see it. We love to see growth from the fellas. So one day Carl will grow up and 
do cocaine and change his team name. Well, that's all we have for you this week, folks. Uh, we're going to be coming on a, a weekly schedule. I think we're, I think we drop Wednesdays. Is that that's going to be the plan moving yeah, forward? Said record Tuesday, drop Wednesday. So we're gonna we're aiming to to stay ahead of of, uh, of Joe's weekly awards and uh, the weekly cheese power rankings just for for continuity's sake and uh, hopefully our predictions come out before the the actual things happen. So that's the goal there. Um, bless up, fellas, and uh, I I hope you all have a great fantasy week, but just not as good as me. Yeah, I hope everyone has a great week except for Austin. Fuck you, Austin. All right.